Well, hello everybody again for the fourth time. Before I begin, mums and dads, thank you so much for sending your children along for us to be able to share with them the good news of the Bible and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that quite a few families here are actually members of other churches and normally you'd be somewhere else on a Sunday morning. So thank you for coming along for today. Uh, this is not a sheep stealing or rustling exercise. So it's great to have you here for this one service and uh, we trust that you continue to be blessed in your own churches. But if anyone is here and you don't normally come to a church service on a Sunday and you don't have a church to call your own, well, we would invite you to please, why not come and join us here if you have nowhere else to go and that's not your habit on a Sunday. And come and join with us as we worship God together and, and look into the Bible and find out about the things of God. And um, Josh will mention later uh, a children's meeting that we have each week that starts up again very soon. Um, have a word with any of the leaders about, of HBC, the guys in the red t-shirts, about any of the children's meetings that we have running uh, in the church. And if you've got any other questions about the church, come and have a word with me at the end. We'd be glad to explain more things to you. Uh, we give you a very warm welcome to any of the meetings that we have running if you don't normally uh, go to a church anywhere else. But now, thank you for coming along today. Now, you might have noticed there's something of an animal theme going on in Holiday Bible Club this year. And even our teams had animal names. So, hands up if you're in the lions. And hands up if you're in the tigers. And who's the best team? The jury's still out on that one, I think. Was there actually a winner in the end? Tigers? Tigers, it was pretty close, I think, at times. Lots of animals featuring in Holiday Bible Club this year. Now, in all of our stories, there have been animals. So, what was the animal in story number one? Remember? What was the animal in story number one? Snake. So let's get that one up. So that was Eve. We've no idea whether she looked like that. That's what some artist thinks she might have looked like. And there's the snake or the serpent. So that was the animal in uh, story number one. What about the animals in story number two? Noah's Ark. Well, what animals were on Noah's Ark? Um, lions. lions? Giraffes. Giraffes. Zebras. Zebras. Leopards. Elephants. Elephants. Just about everything. There they all are. Loads of animals. All the different kinds of animals. All in the world. All on Noah's Ark. And story number three had an animal featured in it as well, Nahum? A lamb. A lamb. And the blood going on the doorposts. So lots of animals featuring in our story. Now, here's a question. And I'll direct this question first of all to all the boys and girls. See if you know. This is nothing to do with anything we've done this week. Here's another question. In the Bible... There are two animals in particular 
that are linked to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are two animals that the Bible speaks about in relation to Jesus. Because those two animals suggest certain things about him. Now, can anyone think what those two animals might be? There's two hands up. I'll take the lady first. A lion. Okay. And there was a hand here. Not a dove. The dove is something that relates to the Holy Spirit, who is God. So that is in the Bible, you're right, but it wasn't for Jesus. A lamb. So there's a... And a, a lamb. Now, if you were a lion, what might that say about you? If you're a lion, what are lions like? Yeah. What are lions like? What are lions like? Okay. Are lions little? Are lions weak? Do other animals boss lions around? No. Lions are, ooh, they're the king of the, well, they say, we, saw, we call them the king of the jungle because lions don't live in jungles, do they? They live out in the grass, in the plains. Lions are at the top. And the lion, Jesus is called, he has a title in the Bible. He's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hmm. Israel was made up of 12 tribes and Judah was one of those tribes and it was the line of uh, families that Jesus would come from. The lion of the tribe, the one who is the king, the one who is almighty, the one who is all powerful, the one who is right at the top, the lion. Now, I want you to all just imagine for a minute that you're a lion. You're either a lion with a mane, like that, or maybe you're a, a, a powerful lioness. Imagine you're a lion. Now, if you were actually a lion and you woke up one morning and discovered that you'd completely changed and that you were now a tiny little lamb, how would you feel? How might you feel? Annoyed. And why? Lions. Yeah. How would you feel, Nahum? Uh, surprised. Surprised? You'd be surprised, that's for sure. How would you feel, Jonathan? Okay. But what what a strange thing to become to go from a lion. To find yourself just a little lamb. To be the one who is the hunter. To become the one who the lions probably want to hunt. To go right from the top. To go right to the bottom. To have been a lion. And then become just a tiny little lamb. There's a huge difference, isn't there, between a lion 
and a lamb. What a huge contrast between the two. And the Bible talks about Jesus as being the lion, but also that he is a lamb. The Bible says that Jesus brought himself down and made himself low. The one who is the ruler over everything, as we've just been singing. The one who is right at the top. The one who, in many ways, when you think of a lion, you think, well, they don't really have an enemy. Who's going to take on a lion? And Jesus went from that and made himself like a little lamb, vulnerable, weak, helpless. Why would Jesus do that? Because the Bible says Jesus did that willingly. He did it gladly. He made himself to be like that. Well, why would Jesus do that? Why would the lion make himself to just be like a lamb? Well, let's just think about those stories that we've been thinking about this week. Can we have the next slide up, please, uh, Chris? Thanks. Here is Eve with the snake in the Garden of Eden. Can anyone remember from the story what happened after Adam and Eve had sinned, God said certain things to them and things in the garden started to change. Anyone remember some of the changes that happened? Pain. There would be pain. And as Adam is doing his gardening, what would he suddenly start to have loads of problems with in the garden? Weeds and thorns and work would start to get hard because they brought what the Bible calls is a curse from God upon them. Because of their sinfulness, God's anger came upon them because they disobeyed God and they turned against God. But even back then at the end of that story, God said, that he would do something about that snake, that the snake's head would be crushed. That strange language back there in the Old Testament. But the Bible was saying that that problem that started in the garden, God was going to come and do something about it and he was going to make things right again. And in the New Testament, it talks about Jesus. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Everything that went wrong on that day in the garden, the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to put right and to do away with the problem. He became a curse for us. How was he going to do that? Well, to do it, the lion had to become a lamb. He was going to take the curse of God on himself so that it doesn't have to come on me and it doesn't have to come on you. 
But first, he's going to have to become a lamb. Then there's our second story with Noah and his ark. Now, why did the animals and Noah and his family have to go into the ark? What was going to happen? The land is going to flood. They're going to be kept safe. How many days and nights did it rain for? 40. Remember the song we sang? 40 days and nights. 40 days of rain, rain, rain. And the world was flooded. And what happened to everyone and everything that was not in the ark? What happened? What happened? They died. Everything died. And it was God's judgment on a wicked, wicked world. The world was terrible. People were doing all kinds of dreadful things. And God says it has to stop. This is not how I created the world to be. And they're bringing judgment on themselves. And Noah spent a hundred years building the ark and telling everybody. And they just carried on. And the world was destroyed. But these are the words of Jesus. And he said, if you believe my word, if you believe in the God who sent me, you can have everlasting life. Now, the people in the ark, when they were saved, they were saved from God's judgment. And Jesus says, you can be saved from God's judgment. And everything and everyone who was in the ark was saved from death and they were kept alive. And Jesus says, if you will believe in me and if you believe in the God who sent me, you will be kept from death and you will be made alive. But to do that, Jesus had to become a lamb. And then there's the final story. And, sorry, go back to the other one there, the lamb. John the Baptist, he was baptising people in the River Jordan. And one day, the Lord Jesus came. And he stood on the bank of the river and John the Baptist saw him. And this is what he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And the Lamb has come into the world. Thanks. Next slide. Now the lamb in Egypt, it didn't have to be a lamb. Can you remember what Jane said? What was the other animal you could have used if you didn't have any lambs? Anyone at the back? A goat. Because some people kept sheep and some people kept goats. And some people didn't have a sheep, so you could use a baby goat instead. But for most people it was a lamb. And they dipped the blood from the lamb all over the door. And as Joshua reminded us before, it's because the lamb died instead of the people having to die. Because death was coming. And death couldn't be avoided unless something else died in your place and the lamb died in the place of the people. And Jesus came to do that. And so those verses that we've been remembering, and they're the three verses that the juniors have been learning through the week. 
Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. And I've got news. That's all of you. The ungodly. And Christ came and he died. But he came as a lamb. To be sacrificed for sinners like me and you. And he died. And he demonstrated God's great love towards us. And some people say, how can this God in heaven, if he is love, how can this God have death? And, and how can that be necessary? How can this be a loving and gracious God? But here is the demonstration of God's great love. That the lion was prepared to make himself a lamb so that he could die. And God sent his son because he loves us so much. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. And he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to be a lamb so that he could die in the place of sinners. So, where's me verse gone? While we were still sinners. You see, God didn't wait for us to make ourselves better. Because if he did, he'd be waiting an awful, awful long time. He'd still be waiting. Because we can't. But Jesus came and died for us, showing us just how much God loves us. And then, because of his blood, we can be saved. Now, back in Egypt, God's anger was against Pharaoh. And God's anger was against the people in Egypt. And God moved in anger against them by bringing death into the land. But they were saved. And we can be saved. Why? <coughs> because the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has been shed. But in order for him to do that, the lion had to become a lamb. And this is the Jesus who we've been talking to you about this week. And mums and dads, this is the Jesus of the Bible who we've been sharing with your children. And this is the Jesus who you need to know. We'll have the final picture. Thank you. <coughs> the one who is the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's been no one like him before or since. There is no man that's ever been able to do what the Lord Jesus Christ did. There is no man who has been that Lion. There is no man who has been in that position of strength and power and authority that the Lord Jesus Christ was in because he is God. And there's been no man who's been able to humble himself like the Lord Jesus Christ humbled himself, making himself so low that he could die in the place of sinners. He's absolutely unique and there's no one like him. And it's this Jesus who we've been sharing with the, the children this week. And it's this Lord Jesus Christ who we want to share with you today. That you need him. You need that which he came to do. And he's demonstrated just how much God loves each one of us. That he will come into this world and give himself for us and shed his blood. That we might be forgiven all of our sins. That we might be saved like the people on the ark were saved. That we might not die like the people in Egypt were spared death. That we might have the hope of life everlasting through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want you to think about these things. When the boys and girls get their prizes in a moment, there'll be things in the bags that they bring home uh, explaining these things in more detail. Take some time to read them through. Read them with your children. 
and consider these great truths. And as I said, if you don't have a church of your own to go to normally, why not come along and uh, hear more about these things or have a word with any of the helpers in the red T-shirts at the end? And we'd be very, very pleased to talk about these things a little bit more with you. But thank you again for bringing all your children this week. It's been our great privilege to have them with us. And we thank you for supporting the work of HBC this year. I'll hand back over to Joshua.